are back here. It is Beyond the Whistle, episode four, and I cannot be more excited. It's February 25th, Tuesday, and a day in February, and it's a great day. I'm here with my boys, Austin Platt, Ian Nicholas, and a new visitor on our show, a new analyst, that is. It's going to be Cortland Parrott taking the spot of Chad Russo today. Cortland's very good in baseball and football, and he provides a lot of knowledge to me on college as well. I'm not a big college guy, but he has made me into one in these past few years. Are you saying he's a multi-sport student athlete, though? You're right, Ian. Oh, yeah. Correct. Stu- oh, yeah. Student athlete. Student, athlete. student comes first, Ian. Now, let's start off with our first topic. It will be MLB spring training, guys. You know, the weather's starting to turn. It was nice 50 degrees out today, and all the players have reported. Games have started up. And let's start off with the team that everyone's talking about, the Houston Astros. You know, they came down, and uh, last night, uh, Altuve, in his first game, you know, he got booed as he came to the plate. And then the fifth inning in his third at-bat, he got hit. Seems like something of a thing to come. Something to point out, Dylan, is the commissioner of baseball warned players about hitting them so there would be serious consequences. So it'll be interesting to see if players will care about that or not. Absolutely. You know, I expect them to get hit more than usual. Last year, the Mets were actually hit the most with 90. The over-under in Vegas is 83.5. And And I expect that to hit triple digits this year, especially with all the players coming out like Trout, Judge. Bellinger was very angry as he was talking as well. And I I really expect them to get hit. And really, you know, they didn't get the punishment that they get from the commissioner, which who we'll talk about a bit later. But they're going to get punishment physically from these pitchers who are angry at what they did. Now, let's start off. You know, the, uh, the uh, L.A. Dodgers made a few big moves this offseason. They acquired Mookie Betts and David Price from the Red Sox, two big-name players. Mookie Betts, a top-three player in baseball, in my opinion, along with Trout and Bellinger. And he's going to really shore up that outfield. You know, they, now they have uh, Jock Peterson they still have, Cody Bellinger in center, and now they're going to run Betts in right. Cortland, what can really stop this team? It seems like just a powerhouse. What is the reason that they won't win the World Series this year? The reason they won't win the World Series, Dylan, pitching. Clayton Kershaw, a little on his way out. He's last few years he's kind of disappointed, especially in the playoffs with the Dodgers. Uh, and the rest, they uh, the bullpen's also going to hurt him. They don't really have much. Kenley Jansen has pitched great for years, but will that continue? Is my question. Ian. Well, that's a good question. I I gotta go with uh, Cortland. I mean, there's not much you, more you can say. You can't build a team if there's not you know a strong bullpen, and obviously you gotta have a star guy and you know a consistent play over the years. As you mentioned, that's one thing. But if you don't have that really star talent that can really just keep you in games and keep other teams down, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's gonna always cap you uh, with how far you can go. And Austin, I would have to say the National League just got that much better over the offseason. You look at the National League West; the Diamondbacks made just one move, Madison Bumgarner, and suddenly now they're they could be a wild card team. And even you look at the Padres, a team that people thought were a couple of years out. They had a nice year last year. The first half of the year, they're forty five and forty five. They plummeted, uh, ended up twenty two games under five hundred. And the, obviously, you got teams like the Rockies, who I mean, disappointed last year. But I mean, they're always a team. They play at Coors Field, so you know homers are going to be like second nature for that team. And overall, I think the National League, just in general, has gotten a lot better. All three divisions are very close. You could see a couple teams, a lot of teams making the playoffs, and obviously only two wild cards, which might change. Uh, you could definitely see a couple other teams coming up, but I think just overall the depth in the National League is going to be the reason why the Dodgers don't win the World Series. Now let's head back to Houston with the Astros. You know, they lost two big pitchers in the offseason, Garrett Cole, the Yankees, and Will Smith 
to the Braves, a team that I really like in the NL. But how will this scandal and now losing these pitchers affect this team? Let's go to Ian first. Well, um, the scandal is affecting the teams. Uh, Dylan, uh, to be asked, uh, what team are you really referring to the most? Outside? The, the Astros. The Astros uh, not any of the other teams involved. Not no, just the Astros. Astros. Well, w- if you talk about long-term reputation, look, we look at this 10, 20 years, man. You know, it's just going to be a big story. But looking at it right now, I mean, it's got to affect everyone in the building. I mean, look, are they a serious contender t- with the roster they have this year? Yeah. Are they going to be treated as such by the media? Uh, eventually. But they're never going to gain respect for what they do. Uh, and I really love how the players, I mean, we touched on it for a second earlier, have come out and have come out strong. We usually don't see that when something like this happens and they have a major sport. We have the commissioner comes out. The MLB commissioner did not do a good job covering with this, obviously. But look, uh, no matter what they do this year, enough is not going to get respected. You know, y- you go back like NFL, New England Patriots, and eh, something happens here or there. And, you know, it's a story for a week or two, brushes off. Astros cheated for one, two, maybe three years, won a ring for it, and eh, it's not going to go away anytime soon. And Austin, how do you think that these losses of the players and the scandal will affect their play this season? They're definitely going to try and come together as a team. Even though they just they did lose their best pitcher, they are still a contender in this American League. Obviously, the AL West, you know, you got the athletics, but I think the Astros still have a very good chance to win the division. And they got veteran guys, obviously, Justin Verlander. You have Bregman and Altuve. And you have other guys as well. They can come together and really prove to baseball that, yeah, they are the villains now, but they can still win without cheating. And Cortland? Uh, like you said, they lost Will Smith, well, which will be hard because because the uh, cheating scandal, I don't think their offense will be as powerful. Uh, I believe you showed me a stat a few weeks ago where Altuve was hitting .0 something away uh, and 300 at home, which is just ridiculous change. I don't know how this was spot earlier, but I think the pitching really has to carry with them and losses of Will Smith and others will really hurt them. That was in the 2017 playoffs. Uh, you know, I really think that they're a great team. I give them respect because um, they have such great players. I'm not sure how much this uh, scandal will affect them, but I do think they still win the AL West. Uh, you know, the Angels, they had a few nice additions. They got Anthony Rendon, spent a lot of money on him. But I think they just forgot that they needed pitching. I mean, you can name like two, three starting pitchers on the team. And then, I I mean, Hansel Robles is their closer, but I don't know any other closers on the team or bullpen pieces. So I really think pitching isn't their, their forte. You know, you have the Rangers and the Mariners. They're going to be at the bottom of the division. No one really cares about them. And then you look at the athletics. Tough place to play in Oakland. They got the drums. They're always a decent 85-90 win team. Made the wild card last year. But I really think that they're going to take a drop off this year. Now let's head to our last topic of MLB spring training. It's going to be the NL East, a division that I really look at as four teams are really in the race. The Marlins not there yet. Maybe give them three to five years to really rebuild and complete that rebuild, as I said. But four teams, we all chose one to win the division. Let's start off with Austin. I'm going to go with the Nationals, a team, that, a wild card team that obviously we saw win it all last year. They did. They held on to Strasburg very smartly. This team still has one of the best rotations in the game. You got Max Scherzer, and you got Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin. That is a killer one, two, three. Despite the fact they lose Rendon, mm-hmm. they still have a guy, Juan Soto, who we know is the best left fielder in the game. You get other pieces here and there. Um, you got obviously Mr. National as well and uh, Ryan Zimmerman. But this team can still win it all. I mean, just one loss. They proved they had the depth last year to win it. Obviously, that crazy wild card game, game five in, in L.A., and obviously went in and 
went to Houston down 3-2, and they won it all. So even with one loss, I think this team still has what it takes to win the division, something they didn't even do last year. Ian? Uh, well, you know, the Mets haven't been good in a long time, but finally there's hope. You know, it really is. There's a lot of really good young players there, and they also have the best SP in baseball. And if you're an analytics guy, that's how you win games, obviously. And Pete Alonso's rookie of the year, but they have a lot more than him. And a lot of it is based on health, obviously. You know, they've hit with a lot of crazy injuries over the last few years. For sure. Uh, you know, but you got DeGrom, you got Syndergaard, you got Stroman, you got Mott. I really think you could go a long way with this team. It, there's always going to be a question is, will it come together? And I think it's a 50-50 there. But when you talk about a ceiling with a team, the Mets have a really good ceiling here. Absolutely. Place that they're going to have to uh, look towards is their bullpen. You know, Edwin Diaz, great closer with the Mariners in 2018, that is, and then 19 just imploded with the Mets. Uh, they picked up a few nice pieces with Porcello and Waka to shore up that rotation, maybe be a few long man reliever choices. And now we'll head over to Cortland for his pick. I think the Philadelphia Phillies will do it. They signed your, your one of your favorite players when he played for the Yankees, that is, Didi Gregorius, for one year, $14 million. This team is a young team. They have Andrew McCutcheon, which is who's a veteran of the league. He will help the team get through. You have Bryce Harper, who will smack the ball anywhere when he's hot. And then you have a young pitching staff. Uh, Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta kind of hold it down. Also, a free agency, I guess, traded trade that kind of went under the radar. JT Rumuto from the Miami Marlins. Silver Slugger behind the plate, 2018. All-star. He's one of the best hitting catchers in the game, and will, he will help them tremendously. I mean, him and Grundahl are always fighting for that one-two spot in catching. A team that I really like this year is the Atlanta Braves. They won the division last year, had a, a uh, tough series against the Cardinals, losing in five games in that tough game five, giving up 10 runs, whatever, in two, three innings. But I really think this team is gaining experience. Ozzie Albies, Ronald Acuna is a player that everyone's calling a breakout the last few years. This, I feel, is going to be his breakout year. I predict MVP, 40-40 maybe. Might go deep 40 times, steal 40 bases. He's just that talented. And a pitcher like Mike Fultonevich. And now they sign Will Smith from the Astros. And I like the signing of Marcelo Zuna. He hits the ball really, really hard. Now let's head over to our next topic. It's going to be the playoff proposals, and it's going to be for both baseball and football. Ian, you wanted to touch on the NFL CBA proposal. No, totally. I mean, it's a game changer not just for, you know, the fans who want to see more games and more playoff teams, but it's also big for the players, and it's a 50-50 split right now on who likes and who doesn't. So pretty much the CBA proposal right now hasn't been finalized yet. Uh, they've been negotiating it for quite some time is – Cut down the preseason games from three to four. And I'm an NFL nut, and I don't even watch many preseason games. So that's good for the players. They don't want to get injured in preseason. They want to add a regular season game to make it 17, which it's already a long season as it is. Not many guys play 16 games. So that's a little bit tough. And they want to add a playoff team for conference, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, you see the NBA, over half the teams make the playoffs. NFL, only 12 of 32 make it. So this would bring it up to 14, give, you know, those teams, odd 10-win teams usually don't make the playoffs sometimes. You know, you saw those Jets a few years ago. You don't know, remind me. Don't remind know, me. 2007 Patriots won, won 11 games with Matt Castle, didn't make the playoffs. How do you win 11 games now make the playoffs? So obviously this is big. Uh, you know, the players are a bit split on it, and a lot of people are also coming after J.J. Watt, you know, a guy who's rich, $100 million in the bank, hosting SNL, and he on Twitter was like, hard no for the CBA. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't matter if you make an extra million dollars off a game check. It does affect uh, those lower bottom players who are just fighting for roster spots because that's another game check, and they're raising 
the um, the minimum salary, uh, probably another hundred thousand dollars. So there's a lot to like here. They've been negotiating for a while. What do you guys think about you know adding an extra regular season game and adding two more teams to the playoffs? You think the fans would be down for that? Austin, most certainly, yeah. Obviously, preseason games, you hate to see guys get injured. You feel like every year a big guy goes down on almost every team. <laughs> and personally, you're right. NFL fans, they hate it. They want to see. They want to see football. Obviously, these preseason games, it interferes with obviously the baseball, uh, the end of that that regular season, that thriller that it always comes down to. And adding extra game is pretty cool. And obviously, the rumors about having every NFC team play all the other NFC teams, and there is that. But I, I like it. You add an extra game, you give that chance for those those good teams that don't get to prove themselves to sneak into the playoffs and make a move. We saw it with the Titans this year, a team that sneaks in with the sixth seed. They beat the Patriots in wildcard weekend. They beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and they nearly made it all the way to the Super Bowl. So you see even another team below them, they can make a run. I like it. Cortland? I like it. Honestly, who watches preseason? Mm. No. Barely any of the starters play. None of the big names play because they don't want to get injured. So it's kind of better for the coaching staff, the players, granted those lower level players like you were talking about don't really get a shot to as much as they do with four. Um, But I like the game on the end. It's basically how are you going to conserve your body, your energy, your plays, everything like that for the extra game at the end of the season. It also keeps the game more interested with different trades, more action on the trade deadline, stuff like that. So I think it will be a good move. I mean, I like it. Playing 17 uh, regular season games is going to be awesome as a fan standpoint. The only thing I'm concerned about is playoffs. You know, they're going to have a seven seed now coming into the league. The first uh, one or two seeds get a bye. But I really think it's going to create a few blowouts the first playoff weekend. You know, teams that really don't deserve to be there. You know, they, they said a few teams that would have made it a past few years. I'm pretty sure it was the Sealers this year and last year. I don't really want to see Mason Rudolph or uh, Devlin Hodges in the playoffs against a good team like the Chiefs or the, th- um, the three seed this year. I'm pretty sure that was the – which team was Texans. that? The Texans. The Texans, you yes. know, Deshaun Watson, he would just destroy the Sealers. It's just blowouts that I really don't think will be entertaining as a fan. 17 regular season games is cool. Uh, it'll bring more injuries, though. You know, some st- more star players will be out, which always stinks. Uh, but now, you know, it, it's something to think about, and hopefully the owners agree and everyone comes to a solution. Now, Austin, another playoff proposal was the MLB. Rob Manfred came out with a system that might be uh, in place by 2022. You want to add on that? Yeah, so certainly. It's definitely. So right now, 10 teams make the playoffs in the MLB. This would up it to 14. You get four wild card teams in each league. The top team in each league will get a buy into the ALDS. Then this is crazy. Think about this. The next best division winner, like take the Yankees from from last year, they would get to choose from the bottom three wild cards to see who they want to play. The last division winner would choose from the other two, and then the first two wild card teams would play each other. This new, now the wild card game out the window, gone. Poof, just like that, 2022, this could be gone. These three series would be all best of three, would be kind of a wild card round. All three games would get to be hosted by the better team, so there are no travel days. You probably would play three days in a row to make sure that the LDSs wouldn't be delayed at all. Then, obviously, it goes on as normal, LDS best of five, then the championship series best of seven, the World Series best of seven. Guys, what do you think about this? It could be just two years when this happens. Ian. Well, I kind of, that's the first time I heard you can kind of like pick the poison. I think that's interesting. And I think that's going to be, you know, that no sport does that. There's no sport where you can just, I guess, in a sense, choose who you want to play against. And 
that could backfire on a team or it could also go really well for a team. So I think that part is really interesting. And then I like putting the first, you know, wild card, as you mentioned, they're blowouts. And, you know, this maybe help, you know, kind of eliminating that sense of that blowout factor by putting a little bit of fun in it and, you know, it's, you know, it's spicing it up in that first round. I like that. Cortland? Uh, I like this. Honestly, like Ian said, the picking and Austin, the picking of the teams. Baseball is a game of numbers. Always is, always probably will be. Um, you see technology into it, but it'll always be a game of numbers. So you have to look <laughs> at the numbers, choose what you, who you want to play. Um, also, the only thing to question, also this will be questioned, like you said, with the injuries. Pitchers will have to go more games throwing as hard as they can on their top game. You see it with the Red Sox a few years ago when they won the World Series with Chris Sale. They saved him early in the year. So more teams, I think, are going to have to go to that while they go deep into the playoffs with more playoffs games where you need your starting pitchers, especially good ones. Uh, for example, Chris Sale out there for seven, eight innings, getting 15 strikeouts to help you win and help you move on. I mean, this is, I, I hate this move by the commissioner. He's been terrible this whole offseason. It's just another move that I disagree with Rob Manfred. It's really just taking away from the Astros scandal. It's making everyone think of this new system that I also just dislike. I mean, you talked about the wild card thing three days in a row. That's terrible for the players. The players should never agree with that three days in a row. You're going to bring in your big bullpen pieces and a roll this Chapman, a closer like Craig Kimbrell or something like that coming in to, p to pitch three days in a row. That could just, that screams injuries to me. And also, also, it brings in teams to the equation. Yes, it lets your a fan think that your team's still in it. And then the picking poison thing. I mean, I have so many issues with this. It makes it a reality show. I mean, it's making sports look like The Bachelor on ABC on Monday nights. I mean, this is insane. You can't pick your poison. It's just like... It just doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't make me as a sports fan feel like, oh, I'm the Yankees. Yeah, we'll pick the Twins or we'll pick the Red Sox. Like, And then that team who gets picked is going to be motivated in that series because, oh, the Yankees picked me. They think we stink. Now we'll play better. It just doesn't. And then the three. I mean, I have so many issues with this. And it just, I like the way it is. It's hard to get in the playoffs and it will be. You have to fight all the way through. Three division winners, two wild card. And the wild card game is awesome. I think it's so cool. Do or die, one game. The Nationals, they're down 3-1 in the eighth inning. They come back. Juan Soto, big hit. I mean, that's awesome. But if you bring in a three-game set, that's like, all right, Nats win game one. Then i got to win one more. That just takes away the drama from it, makes it into another series, more games. just seems like a whole money grab to me that Rob Manfred's making more playoff games. He gets more playoff revenue. It's just terrible. I feel like it's... Just terrible, Ian. So would you keep it the same, Dylan, or would you make a change? Wouldn't so make a change. Wouldn't make a change. I think it's awesome. You know, you talk about sometimes the wildcard teams don't make a move. Wildcard team nationals, 2017, Yankees wildcard team, almost made the World Series if the Astros didn't use the trash cans. Yeah, you know, it, it's, ins it's crazy to me that the MLB just keeps wanting to change. Three batter rule this year. Hate that as well. If a player doesn't have it for two batters, let's say he walks two in a row, the manager can't do a thing. First and second, no outs, and you can't do a thing. Your pitcher just pitched eight straight balls. Can't take them out. Then you bring in, uh, let's say a guy like Chapman. Sometimes he gets wild. It's going to happen. And he can't, you can't take him out, or maybe you want a lefty-lefty matchup, but that's not available anymore. Let's say you have a lefty batter, Michael Brantley, let's take it for example. He doesn't hit well against lefties, but you can't do that because if you pitch a lefty to Brantley, you got to pitch a lefty to Alvarez and uh, <clears throat> Gurriel or Correa. 
But yeah, something interesting to note. Like I said before, baseball is a game of numbers. And if you want to make those matchups, go right ahead. You want to take your lefty versus lefty? Yeah, go right ahead. Like you said, Dylan, I don't like the, the three batter rule. I think it's stupid. The baseball and the commissioner is now trying to make it a modern game. Baseball has been around for years and years and years. It's gone through two world wars, Cold War, all this. It's been around America's for years. Pastime. Yes, America's pastime. So you can't really change it. It's kind of baseball is baseball. Even guys who don't watch baseball come playoff time. Everyone's like, oh, did you see the wild card last night? That was crazy. Just because it's that one game. Everyone's like, this is a cool game. Let me watch it because it's the one game, not the series. It's nine innings. Whoever's the better, whoever comes out on top wins. The other team goes home. I think it's awesome. And I don't really get why the commissioner is changing this. Austin. Well, he thinks it's definitely unfair for the one game wild. For one <coughs> game, you play 162, you come down to one. That's all unfair. There are a couple other things. They want it to be a, like a selection Sunday like we see in college basketball where teams get to decide. This is crap. I'm telling you, you go all the way. You play 162 games, let's say, for the Twins or the Rays, and you can get matched up against the Yankees. You guys, all they do is pick what you want. Come on, you're adding 14 teams. You're adding, you're adding two more teams in each league. What is this? basketball where half the teams make the playoffs you're right you want to reward people for getting 80 wins what is this you want to make the free agent you want to make the trade deadline a little bit better then come on you want teams to buy more instead of just sitting and tanking what is this come on we love the wild card game the wild card game is great you see guys 90 wins they get rewarded i know i get it first wild card ever quick fun fact it was that crazy Braves-Cardinals game where the infield fly rule, that bucked oh, the call, that was the first. And people remember that. Game. You know people why people remember that? Because it was a do-or-die game. And guess what? Let's say it was a three-game series. Who remembers that? Nobody no does. And in 20, I'll give you 2015 as well. Giants-Royals World Series. Where did they both come from? The wild card game. Two crazy games. Giants defeated the Mets late in the ninth inning. Mets what a game that was. Choked again. Jerry Samilia. That's right. And then the... The, uh, the Royals come back for, against the Athletics in extra innings, that crazy comeback. Mm -hmm. The wild card game is so great. You mentioned this year, the Nationals and the Brewers. What a game. And then also, you want to put it this way, the Nationals and the Dodgers this year. NLDS, you love to see that. It's the best wild card against the best team. We saw a fantastic series. And now suddenly, both of those great games and great series out the window. MLB just released its top 10 games of 2019. That wild card game was third. That game five was first. In this new system, both those games are gone. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> you want teams yeah, picking it who moves. they want to no play? Gone. I don't care. All people are going to say, oh, the one game playoff. Oh, yeah, the most an unanswered question, who do you want to play, gets answered. I don't care. I want teams to get rewarded for playing a 162-game season instead of getting matched up, having to play all three games on the road. And if you win, you have to go turn around and play the best team in baseball. Three days in a row, your relievers are gassed. Your starting pitching gassed. Everyone's just like, you're on the road. Piece metal come on rod manfred speaking of rod manfred i wanted to talk about him a little bit more oh, you know you said piece of metal i mean he's calling the trophy a, it's like it means nothing what these players this? they play 162 Two games. games they have an off season sometimes they play up to 180 if you make the playoffs or in this new system you play like 210 if well, the 162 could I mean, go it's down a clown. this wild it's this a clown show because go, rod manfred down. I mean, he's a terrible commissioner. He's trying to make baseball a new age. It's fine. It's baseball. Don't change America's it. pastime. There's Don't no change it. Change you it. juice no the baseballs. For you juice the baseballs this year. That was fine. You're trying to oh decrease. The, and then he declines the that he juiced the baseballs. Yeah, come on. And then he I mean, that's just a straight them for the playoffs. Out lie. 
Just straight up lie. I mean, there's so many stats that you can look at that home runs went up like 200, 300%. And then he's like, oh, I didn't touch the baseballs. I don't know. It's the drag in the air. No, it's not. The air is the same, bro. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, Rob Manfred, the owners have to do something. I mean, yeah, he's making money with this new proposal thing. And MLB is all about money. He better get the Red Sox one right. Cortland, I know you're a Red Sox fan. The 2018 season, they still have to. If Rob Manfred punishes more than the Astros, He's going to be gone before our next before we sit down here next. He better be gone cuz bang on trash cans is one thing. I mean, you guys went had to get to second base in order to steal the signs, which is a little bit more a fair game, but I mean, it's still, every, every, it still is cheating. Team it still does is that. cheating. Sometimes you Orioles don't series. get to second base, exactly. you know, it's tough for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough for them. Yeah. Also, also, let me ask you a question. You play baseball yeah. at times. What <laughs> when you're on second base, do you look at the signs? No. No? I'm focused on Dylan, my third base coach. That's why he's on the I would always look, the I would always look at the second base. I'm focused on third base. Come no. on. It's strategy in the game, and the strategy is going away if you think about this cheating thing, and then you go to the strategy where the lefty-righties with the three-batter rule. I mean, strategy is baseball. It and makes it so cool. get the robot so cool. um, What is that? <laughs> the um, it makes it so cool. That strategy is in baseball. It's probably the most strategic sport if you it think about it. The fans are thinking, should my manager bring in a righty? Should my manager bring in a lefty? Maybe we bring a pinch hitter, pinch runner for a certain situation in late innings. It just takes it away, and just Rob Manfred's taking away the fans' thinking and the the fans that enjoy the game and making it more like these other sports that sometimes people don't like. I mean, you have the NBA, the Magic are making the playoffs and they're nine games below 500. You look in the West, Sacramento Kings almost made the playoffs a few years ago. I mean, and then the 1-8 matchup is always a 4-0 sweep. I mean, last year, the Raptors, they won the championship. It was like the Magic won one game. I mean, it's just... The MLB is trying to change these other trying sports. Trying to simplify things. Trying to change these other sports and it's not working. Did you just say baseball is the most strategic sport? It has to yes, be. Yes, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Okay, I know I'm fight Okay, I know I'm fighting against three baseball players. Varsity yes, we all play baseball. Strategic. Okay. But uh JV there, football guy. JV football guy. Are there plays or, you know, Film studies in baseball. Yes. Astros, Astros are yeah. big on no. film studies. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay. Yes, there. Yes, there are film studies, especially for pitchers, because you have to watch batters' tendencies. For batters, you also yeah, have to watch pitchers, pitchers. But for the other guys, batters, you you mean? batters have pitchers, to watch pitchers. Pitchers and batters. It, yeah, that's that's, that's the game. That's, that's the game. game. Man. Yeah. What, you, yeah. what so other first, players are there? So the bench coach, Alex Cora. So no one cares. He's watching film too. So infielders and outfielders. There's no strategy there, right? Well, a batter is an infielder. Defensively, there is. If you watch, if you watch players and you watch the schematic of where they stand for each batter, they'll do different. Some players keep a little card in the back, and it says each player where they should stand based on tendencies to pull the ball. Middle of the game. Yeah, that's legal. In their back pocket. Hey, seeds and play cards. That's what they keep in their back pocket. And then you look. Let's say, let's use an example. Garrett Cole pitches high fastballs, 98, 99 miles per hour. He's not going to use the strategy of throwing a slider down and away. That's yeah. something Gallus Keuchel's going to do because he can't reach 98. He reaches 92. It's all about strategy in baseball. And it's really, it's going away because this clown commissioner, Rob Manfred, and he has, I mean, he, they have to make a move. The owner's got to make a move and limit this guy before he ruins baseball for good. Now let's head over to another sport on the ice. We'll go to the NHL. Their trade, de- trade deadline was yesterday at 3 p.m. A lot of big moves were rumored, but it really didn't 
occur. We do have some moves to talk about, but, you know, Henrik Lundqvist was a player that somehow some people were going to move because the Rangers have three goalies now. He wasn't moved. Chris Kreider was a big trade bait candidate. He wasn't moved, signed an extension with the Rangers. Kyle Palmieri on the Devils, he could have got a lot, but the Devils decided to keep the veteran uh, forward. But a first move that I want to talk about was the Capitals. They made a f- two pretty good moves. You know, they lead the Metropolitan Division right now, and they got even better. They got a big scorer in Ilya Kovalchuk, and they got a stay-at-home defenseman in Brendan Dillon. Cortland, what do you think about these moves by the Caps? I like them. They have Alex Ovechkin there, which the nationality link will help them great with chemistry. Uh, they won the Cup a few years ago, and uh, I think they'll be very good defensively, too. You know, that's great. Ian, what do you think about these moves? I think they help a lot defensively depth-wise, and when you get into the playoffs, you're going to need multiple lines, which are going to be able to come out there and all play relatively at the same level on defense. And, you know, Dylan is a safe player. He doesn't take unnecessary risks, and, you know, sometimes you want that flash and those big-time skills, but sometimes you just need consistent play on the ice. Austin? They just prove themselves the best team in the East, and they definitely should be the favorite to win the Cup. Obviously, Ovechkin just hit 700 goals. What a milestone for the veteran, and obviously, and it's a, it's a tough East. You got the Bruins as well, the Lightning, a team that we thought, oh, they win it all last year. Again, 4-0 swept by the Blue Jackets, a crazy playoffs that was last Maybe year. Maybe Rod Manfred should look at that wild card. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? That was or cra- keep it, that was the, same. Keep it the same. Yeah, exactly. Don't change a thing. Yeah. Uh, I really like the move from, from Kovalchuk. You know, they, they're not a team that needs scoring. They have a lot of great depth down the middle. You know, they have Kuznetsov. They have Oshie on their, their power play is insane. I mean, they have so many options. Carlson's been great. He has 70 points. He's a defenseman. That's insane. Most pl- teams on uh, most teams in the bottom of the league really don't have a 70-point player, and he's been doing great this year. But, um, you know, I like Kovalchuk. He has some drama concerning him sometimes. You know, he had a stint with the Kings. Didn't really work out. But um, I really think he can provide death. And he has playoff experience. You know, he went to the Cup with the Devils in 2012. And I think he can bring some big um, goals for the Caps later in the year as we get into March and April. Next move was the Carolina Hurricanes. They made a few huge moves yesterday. They picked up three players uh, from the Devils, Rangers, and Florida Panthers. They picked up Vinny Trocek from Florida. They picked up Brady Shea from the Rangers, and they picked up Sammy Votnin from the Devils. They shored up that back end with Shea and Votnin, and then added some scoring depth down the middle with Trocek. Ian, what do you think of these moves? I hate this move. Is there a great goalie on this team really anymore? Nope. No. And, you know, there's one thing where you see there's a team that has too many goalies. There's one where you don't have a great one, and you need that kind of guy. This will not work out well. This spot's up for grabs. I don't know if it's not going to get sorted out by the end of the year. Trade deadline's over. You can't add a guy. Austin? Uh, definitely. I, I like this move a little bit. Uh, Trocek, guy who struggled this year, 36 points. A change, you got a change in scenery to the Hurricanes now. A younger team, a team that probably is not going to compete ne- uh, this year, but in the next couple of years, they definitely could. I like it. you got to like the change of scenery. You see guys explode and blossom in the second half of the year as the playoff pushes right around the corner. I like this move. Corlin? I love this move by Hurricanes. They have injuries to Dougie Hamilton and uh, Billy Persh. Brett Pesci. Brett Pesci, sorry. And then, so this helps them on the back end defensively, really going to pick it up, and I want to see what they do this year. You know, they had a lucky run last year. They had a great magic with uh, Peter Mrazek, that is. But now he's out. Reimer's out. We saw the great story with David Ayers the other day. The emergency backup goalie came in and shut shut it down, really, after giving up two goals in the second. They made a great uh, move by Ayers. But now they're bringing up two minor league goaltenders. They don't have any experience, really, in the NHL. And now they're coming in with Mrazek has a concussion. Reimer has a leg injury. They don't know when they're coming back. And you can't win in the playoffs without a goalie 
Meanwhile, they're fighting in a metropolitan division that's very difficult. I mean, you have Pittsburgh, Capitals, Flyers, Rangers are coming back. Um, Islanders are playing great this year. Columbus is not bad. They have a nice goalie in Merz Lincolns. I mean, just think about that. Merz Lincolns, the goalie, has brought them to a playoff spot once again. Carolina doesn't have a goalie. Now let's talk about net minders a little bit more. Our last move of the show <clears throat> excuse me, will be from the Vegas Golden Knights. They have Mark andre Fleur, a great veteran, brought him to the Cup a few years ago, two-time Stanley Cup champion. And Robin Leonard, they acquired him from the Blackhawks. They traded their backup Malcolm Subban back to Chicago along with a few other things. But they acquire Leonard. He's a great goalie. Played amazing for the Islanders last year. Mitch Kern, the goalie coach over in on Long Island, that is, uh, played great. He had him playing great. Went over to Chicago as a terrible defensive corps. They play a very high event game, and he still has a 3.01 GAA. I think he can do great on Vegas, but it's all a matter of is Flurry up to the task, Ian? Well, Flurry hasn't had the best season. You're exactly right. And maybe Leonard will push him. The competition always makes players better. And maybe Leonard will take that spot. Or maybe both of them will get better with the competition. That's probably going to happen out of this. Austin? I don't really love this move. Obviously, you see it's a lot different to see like, younger guys and forwards making a move, making a transition of scenes. But for goalies, it's a little bit different. Obviously, you got to adjust a little bit more. you got to rely on more people on your defense. And you got a 301 goals against average. I don't care if you have a bad defense. You're still the one letting the goals in. Obviously, a guy, the golden misfits, as many people called them a couple years ago, made that magical run in their first year all the way to the cup final. I don't love it all that much. Obviously, a, an older guy, obviously, you still got Subban, you got a trade who wasn't all that bad. You still got Marc-Andre Fleury, um, who hasn't had the best year, but he can certainly turn it around. I don't like it that much. And Corlin? I don't like this move, Dylan. Fleury, he's been there. The organization trusts him. I don't think he's going to trust them anymore. I mean, he had a few. He had a great run in 2018 with the Vegas Golden Knights, went to the Cup in that spring. But then last year against the Sharks, he had a terrible series. I mean, they're up 4-1 in Game 7, blows that lead, and then they lose in overtime. Um, I Just like you said, the organization, they trust him. But now I don't think Fleury's in the right mindset that the organization is going to trust him in playoffs. And really, I think Leonard can take that spot. He played great for the Isles last year, and I really think he could come up and maybe even take Flurry's spot in playoffs, maybe lead this team to a deeper run than they thought they would get with Flurry. Well, that's our show, guys. Great job from everyone, Ian Austin and Cortland. Thank you for making your debut today, CP. Thanks for having me. Awesome for you to come. And now we'll, our next show will be in March. We'll do a little bit more MLB, and then we'll get into playoff predictions for NBA and uh, NHL, March that is. Madness. March Madness. We'll talk about that as well. Very excited for that coming up. This has been Beyond the Whistle, Episode 4. Thank you all for watching.